Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Hello, and welcome to today's meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California. My name is Stephanie Sear, Professor of Environmental and Energy Programs at the University of San Francisco and affiliate of the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. I will be your moderator for the program today. Thank you for joining us. It is my pleasure to extend a special welcome to any new club members who are watching and to invite everyone to visit the club on the web at www.commonwealthclub.org. This program is presented by the club's Asia-Pacific Affairs member-led forum and is co-organized with the Consulate General of the Republic of Korea in San Francisco. It is my pleasure to now introduce Consul General Sang Su Yoon, who will make welcoming remarks. Good evening. It is my great pleasure to make uh, remarks on the occasion of a webinar titled Climate Change, Technology and Innovation Views from Korea and Japan. First of all, I would like to express my sincere gratitude to Ian McGraw, chairman of the Commonwealth Club's uh, Asia Pacific Affair Member Red Forum, and uh, Lilian Nagasawa, the vice chair and coordinator of this program, for organizing uh, today's important event. I also appreciate very much two panelists today, Dr. Songwoo Kim, the head of the Environment and Energy Research Institute of Kim Enjang in Korea, and Dr. Genji Yamazi, the president of Research Institute of Innovative uh, Technology for the Earth, and the moderator, Dr. Stephanie Zia, the professor of environmental and energy program at the University of San Francisco, for joining us to have an insightful discussion today. And I also welcome the all the audience who are watching this webinar. Uh, distinguished guests, on the May 21st, the Korean uh, President Moon Jae-in visited Washington DC and had the summit meeting with the US President Joe Biden. Two leaders uh, reaffirmed strong alliance between our two countries and agreed upon expanding our cooperation into the wide range of issues such as climate change, global health, emerging technologies, and global supply chain. As a follow-up of our two nations' commitment to strengthen our cooperation in response to climate change, we are holding today's webinar together with the Japanese representative as you know, the Korea and Japan have a very similar economic structure and have the same challenge on how to decarbonize our economy to tackle global climate change issues. Korean and Japanese experts will present our own country's policy on how to achieve net zero by 2050. Followed by the moderated discussion uh, read by the American experts on climate change. At the COP26 summit in November, leaders around the world agreed to strengthen climate action 
to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius by the end of this uh, century. The Korea, US, and Japan were among other advanced countries to ambitiously set the goal of going to carbon neutrality by 2050. As a technological advanced and innovative economies, uh, I think three countries, including Korea, Japan, and United States, could work together to facilitate technology development and transfer to achieve this uh, high goal of Paris Agreement. So against this background, I believe that today's webinar could be timely and useful because uh, today's seminar uh, could suggest some directions and guidelines uh, for three countries to move forward in response to the climate change. Once again, I hope that uh, today's webinar could provide uh, policymakers from uh, our country, our three countries, to opportunities, learn the best practices of uh, each country, and uh, we can have a more uh, coordination in this uh, uh, very important area of climate change issues. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Consul General Yoon. So we are delighted to have this event today on climate change, technology and innovation, views from Korea and Japan. As you just heard, um, both countries have recently made very significant uh, pledges to climate neutrality. Um, and this is notable because Korea and Japan are two of the most technologically advanced countries on the planet. And so we are very interested in how these countries are using their innovation expertise to address climate disruption. Um, and since both Korea and Japan now have legally um, enshrined their commitments uh, to the goal of net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, in other words, carbon neutrality, um, now comes the challenge of achieving that goal. Um, so we are fortunate this evening to hear from two experts uh, from Korea and Japan um, on their climate policies and how the technology and innovation can help to rapidly cut greenhouse gas emissions now and ultimately carbon neutrality by the year 2050. So now it is my pleasure and privilege um, to have you join me in welcoming to the Commonwealth Club um, our speakers with us tonight. Uh, so first we will hear uh, from Dr. Sungwoo Kim um, from the Environment and Energy Research Institute um, of Kim and Chang from Seoul, Korea. And as you just heard, um, Dr. Kim is also part of the, um, the Korean um, Carbon Neutrality Committee under the presidential office, which was formed just this year. Uh, and after we hear from Dr. Kim, uh, we will then turn to Dr. Kenji Yamaji who is president of the Research Institute of Innovative Technology for the Earth, also known as Wright, 
from Tokyo, Japan. And uh, Dr. Yamaji has been with Wright um, for many years as part of the Japanese government's Earth Regeneration Plan, the New Earth 21. Um, and Dr. Yamaji has been involved uh, with R&D on biorefinery technologies, integrated analysis on uh, to mitigate global warming. So with that, uh, again, audience, I invite you to put your any questions in the YouTube text chat window. And now it's my pleasure to turn the microphone over to Dr. Sun Woo Kim. Thank you, um, Stephanie. Thank you so much for um, the kind introduction. Um, let me just share the screen to um, share the slide that I'm going to present. Stephanie, um, the, am I just doing the right sharing? Can you can you see my screen, my presentation though? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's move on to the first page now. Okay, um, it's it's great pleasure uh, and honor for me to uh, speak at this timely um, event, and I would like to thank um, the Commonwealth Club and um, Council General of Republic of Korea in San Francisco for inviting me um, to be able to speak at the event. Well, uh, as introduced, uh, I'm I'm leading the Environment and Energy Research Institute at um, Kim and Jang which is the biggest law firm in Korea uh, with um, dedicated teams of carbon neutrality, renewable energy, and ESG, which I belong to. So uh, I'm an environment and energy expert in, in Korea. So I would like to share some the Korean story from climate change policy and technology perspective. While well, the story uh, begins with um, the declaration of carbon neutrality, which was uh, made by President Moon uh, last year, October, at the Congress speech. It was about a year ago. And it really uh, changes a lot of following policies, relevant policies. Um, we, before the declaration, we had um, long-term low greenhouse gas emission development strategies, we also had um, the reduction target by 2030, greenhouse gas reduction target by 2030 called national determined contribution. But um, from, um, from the consequence of the, the, the carbon neutrality declaration by the, by the president, Korea has revisited climate change policies to align with that carbon neutrality declaration. Um, the first thing that we do, I would say, is the, the launching of carbon neutrality committee, which I'm also sitting at. And we launched the committee to review the, um, the scenario and to review the reduction target and approve the scenario and target as well. So um, the, the, the committee consists uh, of ministers of 18 ministries. So that's almost all ministers. And uh, 77, um, the, 
the civilian experts. And a couple of months ago, we deliberated um, 2050 carbon neutrality scenario and 2030 uh, greenhouse gas reduction target, uh, which is called the NDC. And they are um, like this, like for 2030, we decided to reduce emissions by 40% relative to 2018. And I want you to note that this enhanced target, enhanced NDC reflects strong political will from Korean perspective because um, the Korea's high manufacturing ratio uh, of 20% of entire GDP. Uh, if you just compare that number with EU of 16%, US 11%, and um, Japan, a little bit more than 20%. So it, 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 it would be painful for us, more painful. And also, uh, this enhanced NDC target means short time frame between peak emissions and carbon neutrality of 32 years for Korea. Uh, whereas um, EU with 60 years, US with 43 years, Japan with 37 years. And also the high annual average reduction rate. We, to attain the target, we had to reduce every year more than 4%, whereas US and uh, EU is a little bit more of 2%. So, I mean, it's, it's a stretched target, but um, this is the target we set up and we are aiming for. And, and by strategies like expansion of renewable energy, um, the ratio of 30%, and the reduction um, target of 14.5% specific for the industry sector and the deployment of um, the climate friendly um, the vehicles like you know electric cars etc and also we as I mentioned we um, deliberated um, the carbon neutral scenarios and the key contents are the, the scenarios show that um, to seize the core power generation with some compensation and, and to convert to renewable fuels and raw materials in, in manufacturing sectors like steel, uh, cement, and chemicals, and also um, the supply, um, the carbon-free or pollution-free vehicles uh, and, and not to mention the, the production of green hydrogen, et cetera. As Stephanie just briefly mentioned that I think the one of the most important thing that um, you might find interesting is, is, is um, the Carbon Neutrality Framework Act, which was passed um, um, in September of this year. And so it will be enforced next year, March. And it states, uh, we included the, the, the 
the carbon neutrality target in that act. And we also included um, the minimum target to be achieved by 2030, which is called NDC also, um, as more than 35% compared to 2018. This enshrinement of carbon neutrality path and, and NDC into the act means that continuity of the policy and po- continuity of the political will um, regarding carbon neutrality from Korean perspective. And this act also includes uh, the important measures like um, the implementation plan and the launching the committee and the, the sectoral measures and the climate fund as well as adaptation plan. As I said, um, the Korea has high ratio of manufacturing and industrial, um, the manufacturing, um, the the portion, and the, the we have grown pretty fast from economically and from um, the greenhouse gas emission wide. So if we want to attain the target of enhanced NDC, which was decided a couple of months ago, and um, to attain the carbon neutrality target, which was announced a year ago, I think this is like a, like a, like a target which is, is, is way, way stretched, as you can see from this graph. We have to, we have the, we have followed the path of a blue dot, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the black dots, but we have to suddenly change the direction and bend into, change that path into the blue arrow and purple arrow. So we need um, the drastic policies and we need also innovative technologies. Let me just introduce um, the couple of policies that will drive um, this path change First policy is um, the for industry sector, Korea has implemented emission trading scheme since 2015. <clears throat> Excuse me. Korea is the second country uh, which implements um, the emission trading scheme nationwide after EU. And as you know, the scheme is, is a scheme where the government allocates the, the greenhouse gas credits to companies and um, the allows them to discharge within the credit uh, uh, or, uh, and the trade of the insufficient access credits. Now we are under um, third planning period, which is from 2021 to 2025. That's a five-year uh, period. And the period covers almost 700 companies. And uh, surprisingly, it covers 73.5% of entire national emissions. So this is one of the key policy options that we have used and we will use um, to attain the goal. 
and the auction ratio is um, is ra has raised from three percent to ten percent. And maybe for international audience, it might be interesting to find that the the company may submit the carbon offsets limited to five percent of the total emission permits, including international offsets. And uh, the, from the third planning period, that trading market participants will be expanded to financial institutions and individuals. The second policy, um, the second important policy that we have to notice is the, of course, energy policy energy, uh, for energy sector to deploy renewable energy. Um, according to fifth renewable energy basic plan, which is the legal, um, legal plan under Ministry of Industry, um, which was announced last year, and end of last year, the, the 63 gigawatt, 62 gigawatt of renewable energy increase expected uh, by 2034. And if you just take a look at the, the left-hand side graph, it's a, it, it's a dramatic increase from uh, only um, 18.5 as of now to 80 gigawatt um, within 15 years, actually 13 years. And for solar, um, 12 gigawatt from now to 50 gigawatt. For wind, 1.5 gigawatt from now to 25 gigawatt. And for renewable energy generation percentage, um, it also, um, solar will increase from 2% as of now to 10% and wind from less than 1% to 10%. So I think this is sort of dramatic, uh, the change and the, the many industries, not only Ministry of Industry, and, but also um, the Ministry of Environment, Minister of Ocean and Minister of Land are um, collaborating to, um, to facilitate the, the licensing process and facilitating the, the development process, etc. And um, these are the, um, the, the emission trading scheme and um, the renewable energy deployment uh, policies are the, 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 the plan and policies that is implementing right now. But the, what, what we are expecting is these, um, the plans were set up before um, the Carbon Neutrality Committee actually enhanced NDC target. So what we are expecting next year is we are expecting sixth next renewable energy basic plan update. And that will include um, like 100 gigawatts, about 100 gigawatts of, of uh, the 100 gigawatts of uh, renewable energy installment um, by 2030 and 30% of renewable energy power generation percentage by 2030. So it will be updated. And 
I think the one thing um, that you might want to note is Korea um, has introduced RE100 implementation policies just this year. So as you all know, the RE100 is, is, is voluntary initiative to use 100% renewable energy. Uh, and um, it's, 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 um, the, for, for Korean companies, it was not possible to buy, say Samsung was not possible to buy renewable energy from um, the power generator until 2020. But uh, from this year, um, the actually Korean companies are able to buy uh, or or buy buy the power or buy the, the the certificate or or just pay the green pricing um, to declare the the renewable energy um, the hundred um, percent to to the market. So uh, we we just also uh, the Korea also amended uh, the Electricity Business Act uh, a couple of months ago to allow direct the power purchase agreement between the Korean company and power power generators. So I think it's very exciting time for Korean companies to um, to sort of increase the the usage of renewable energy as well as um, the power. Producers to uh, have um, the, the the diverse sets of uh, the buyers of renewable energy uh, they produce. Well, these are the policies uh, so far that I just explained the policies to drive uh, the carbon neutrality and to and to drive uh, implement the enhanced um, the the nationally determined contribution, the, the target greenhouse gas reduction target by 2030. And, and, and the other, or, or, or if I may, uh, important pillar is technic, technological innovation to drive carbon neutrality. I was also at the, end, at the beginning of this year, I was also sitting at uh, this carbon neutrality, um, the, the technology committee to elaborate, select and elaborate 10 core technologies to drive the carbon neutrality. And we identified those 10 technologies based on um, the long-term development plan and sector analysis and contribution of uh, the emission reductions, etc. So the, the, we identified that solar, wind, hydrogen, and bioenergy, steel and cement, petrochemical, and the process innovation and the carbon capture and usage uh, and storage and transport efficiency and building efficiency. That we, for each technology, we set up the target for the innovation. For example, for solar, we are aiming for, to, for, for enhancing the efficiency of solar panel from say 20, Seven uh, percent as of now to thirty-five percent for uh, to, by twenty thirty, and for wind, um, the one turbine capacity five point five gigawatt megawatt as of now to fifteen megawatt by twenty thirty, and for hydrogen we're gonna uh, aim for cutting the price to half by 2030. 
and for steel cement, for steel industry, uh, we're going to apply um, the hydrogen reduction, uh, the steel making method, uh, steel making technology, which is the innovative and brand new technology by 2040, etc. So uh, based on the, also the digitalization that the Korea is strong, uh, we're going to um, just uh, also uh, use this technological innovation to drive the carbon neutrality and to attain uh, the NDC. I think I will stop here, um, and and it's it's very welcome welcome uh, the, any any comments and and uh, and questions. Um, and I, I'm really excited to hear, listen to the the Japanese uh, the the status of the carbon neutrality and climate change policy. Thank you. Back to you, Stephanie. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Kim. Um, so valuable to hear about. Uh, the, the dramatic actions that Korea is undertaking in light of um, the, the severe threat we all face from climate disruption. Um, so although challenging, um, it's necessary and, and very possible. So thank you. And with that, we'll, we'll hear next from uh, Dr. Kenji Yamaji. And after that, we will take questions from the audience. So keep putting those questions um, in the chat. All right, to you, Dr. Yamaji. Okay, thank you very much. So thank you, Stephanie. I'm Kenji Yamaji, President and Director General of Light. Light stands for Research Institute of Innovative Technology for the Earth. And it's my pleasure to be given a chance to talk as a meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California. The theme of my talk is a policy, <coughs> excuse me, policies for climate change in Japan. And I like to explain briefly the scenario analysis for 2050 carbon neutrality done by light as well. Okay, as shown here, global energy related carbon dioxide emissions was 33.5 billion ton in 2018. And Japan is here, and but China and the United States are big, big emitters, but Japan is here, around 3% of the global total. And uh, Korea is next to Japan. Okay, Japan declared uh, October last year 2050 carbon neutralities. And uh, April this year, we, the former Prime Minister declared 2030 target uh, 46% reduction from 2013 level. And as Dr. Kim already said, South Korea also announced 2050 carbon neutrality and uh, 2030 target 40% reduction from the level of 2018. And the 2030 target is uh, so-called nationally determined contributions. So we have already reported that to the Secretary of the United Nations. Okay, so after the announcement of carbon neutrality and the NDC of 46% reduction, the Japanese government decided green growth strategy. In the green growth strategy, ambitious targets are considered as a great opportunity for further prosperity 
aiming benefits to people drive that beyond carbon dioxide emission reductions. So the government uh, selected 14 important areas. Okay, but uh, while saying uh, such a beautiful word like a great opportunity or benefit to the people's life, we need concrete actions to realize such ambitious targets. So to support these 14 sectors' uh, innovations, we prepared several policy measures, including the budget at the, in red, the Green Innovation Fund of 2 trillion yen was already set. And uh, NEDO, NEDO is a, research, a funding organization of research and development in Japan, is starting several green innovation projects. These are listed here. And for example, some projects are already start, started. The others are in different stage of preparation. For example, the large-scale hydrogen supply chain establishment or hydrogen production from the water electrolysis, it is already started. And uh, we are now moving such uh, many pro uh, green projects green innovation projects. Okay, next slide. Uh, the finance policy is also very important. Uh, while EU is, uh, has been developing green finance rules, such as uh, EU taxonomy, Japan is promoting both transition and the goal. Okay, so the, we are... Uh, since uh, not all industry can decarbonize in a single step, so it is important to carefully promote both transition and the final green economy. So we are um, uh, promoting transition finance and also green finance. Okay, so the... In this last uh, October, October 22nd, uh, government uh, decided uh, six strategic energy plan. A strategic energy plan is a policy basis of uh, Japan's energy, and it is updated every three to four years. And this is the la latest one. And, uh, okay. The slide shows the outlines, but uh, so please uh, focus on the second bullet. Uh, okay, so the basic principle for the Japanese energy policy is so-called three plus S plus three E's. S means the safety. So on the major premise, premise of safety, efforts will be made for energy security and economic efficiency and environmental protection, particularly climate change issues. So even under these very ambitious targets, we keep the balance of energy policy principles. So this is the numbers stated in uh, six strategic energy plan for 2030. Okay, first, uh, 
energy conservation is very important. This, this line shows the uh, pre- changes from previous stra- strategic energy plan to the new, new strategic energy plan. This is the numbers for a new strategic energy plan. So we increase the energy conservation 46 million kilolitre oil equivalent. Uh, this is a reduction from the baseline. And the baseline energy demand also reduced from 377 to 350. And from 350, we reduced energy consumption 60 million kilolitre oil equivalent. And then power generation mix is very important. So the renewable powers and in the previous uh, energy mix is the 20 to 24%, but the new one from 36 to 38%, it is the most major category of power generation. And uh, nuclear power, we maintain the sh- previous plant share, 20 to 22% for 2030. And new one is the hydrogen ammonia power generation. One uh, percent is increased, and it will be increased the share up to the 2050. And uh, fossil fuel power generation is reduced. And with this, and plus non-energy related gas and sinks, we plan to achieve the 46 percent reductions. And from now, let me briefly introduce lights. Uh, 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 2050 carbon neutrality scenarios done by light. It is the image. Okay, first we need uh, energy savings, and then we employ non-fossil energies from nuclear, domestic renewables. Domestic renewables can be used in the form of ammonia or hydrogen. We also use some uh, overseas renewables, or rather green hydrogen or synthetic fuels. And also, we all use oversee carbon dioxide reservoirs to making the blue hydrogen imported to Japan to use. And fossil fuels will be used in, the, in 2050, but with CCS that can be uh, deremissionized de- 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 and using uh, domestic CO2 storage capacity and also overseas storage capacity. And so remaining fossil fuels without CCS, that can be offset by bioenergy with CCS or direct air capture with CCS or forestation and mineralization. Those are negative emission technologies. Okay, so it's a busy, so I'll just skip, but then, uh, we have uh, reference cases for carbon neutrality in 2050. So the Globally carbon neutral at, 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 in 2050. Also, but uh, for the United States, Japan, and Europe, they are regionally, uh, respectively, uh, achieved the carbon neutralities. Okay, so this is a reference case. We, with that, uh, in addition to the reference case, we set uh, six cases. Uh, re- it, this is a renewable energy electricity 100%. This is renewable energy innovations. This is nuclear power utilization increase because uh, this is a model. So nuclear power is not only a techno-economics uh, problem, but it's a socio-political problem. 
So the nuclear power share in the electricity generation in reference case, we set the upper limit of the nuclear share as 10%. But in this case, it is lifted to the 20%. So hydrogen innovation, CCUS innovation, and demand transformations. Okay, so there is no, no uh, remaining time. I like to skip one, but uh, uh, major uh, assumptions for these uh, cases uh, listed here. And this is the resultant optimal solutions, uh, renewable energy generations share. In the reference case, it is 40, uh, 54%. Okay. And, uh, this is, uh, okay, it's a bit complicated because of the variable renewable energies such as uh, wind power or, or photo, solar photovoltaics. They should, they need additional costs to match the electricity supply and demand. So the cost is so-called integration cost for grid measures. So that is an uh, increase by the according to the introduced share of such variable renewable energy, uh, electricity. So the pink is solar photovoltaic case, and the wind is uh, wind wind power cases. But uh, this is uh, not our model. It is introduced borrowing from other researchers' results. Okay. So this is the result, uh, it is an optimized result to attain the goal with uh, minimum cost. So this is the existing data, the 20, what, 2015. And this is a reference case in electricity supply in Japan in 2050. So the, it is uh, coal with CCS, it is gas with CCS, and this is biomass, and this is uh, Excuse me, this means, uh, okay. And uh, this one, this color is, uh, how to say, it's a reddish uh, brown, is a nuclear. And then wind and solar, and this is ammonia and hydrogen. And upper part is uh, off-grid uh, solar PV. And uh, so with this uh, configuration of electricity generation, we can achieve the carbon neutrality in 2050. And in the case of uh, renewable energy electricity, 100%, the production of electricity itself is reduced. And uh, all uh, new renewables, but the new one is this one. This is a bioenergy power generation, but with CCS. That means negative emissions. Uh, the renewable energy innovations, renewable energy increase. If the nuclear upper limit is uplated to the 20%, 20% is used. And the hydrogen innovations, uh, hydrogen ammonia use increase. And CCUS innovations, CC, uh, CCS utilized in fossil fuels. And digital tra demand transformation, no specific changes. Mm -hmm. It is the final energy consumption in 2050. And this is, again, it is a, a real data for 20, 2015. In the reference cases, okay, in all cases, energy demand decreased substantially. But this yellow part is uh, electricity. Electricity demand remains or rather increase 
But as I uh, said uh, in pre- for previous uh, slide, in the case of renewable energy 100%, electricity use is rather reduced because of the, with the renewable energy 100% electricity getting costly. So the electrification is reduced. Other cases, uh, final energy consumption is almost the same. And this is the carbon dioxide balances in Japan in 2050. In all cases, in all cases, this is a direct air capture. And in and this is a, a CO2 capture from the fossil fuel power plant. And in case of the renewable 100%, this is a BEX bioenergy with CCS. And the recovered carbon dioxide some are used, but are mostly injected underground. Yellow is domestic reservoirs, and this one is overseas reservoir utilization. And the cost here, okay. So the reference cost case is in billion dollars per year. It's a huge amount of energy system cost for 2050. But in renewable 100%, the cost increased further. 100 billion US dollars. In other cases, costs are rather reduced compared to the reference case. And this is the image of uh, the cost. So the, for the optimal solutions, less uh, options are adopted from the less costly measures. So the, this area's area is a cost, but that is the most uh, highest cost to realize the target is a marginal abatement cost. We call it a MAC. It's not a hamburger, but it's a marginal abatement cost, very important index. And the MAC in Japan in 2050 is around $500 per ton CO2. It's very expensive in, every, in all cases. But in, uh, compared with other areas of the world, Mostly less than $200, except for EU. But Japan is very high. That is because uh, renewable energy potential and also uh, CO2 storage capacity is not so large in Japan. So it is very important for Japan to achieve the carbon neutrality goal in cooperation with other regions. And uh, this is the uh, uh, implications of scenario analysis results. I like to stop here, but then I just me, let me read the point. Various measures such as energy conservation, renewables, nuclear, CCUS, hydrogen, ammonia, and negative emission technology are mobilized to realize carbon neutrality. And nuclear is used to the uh, upper constraint in the optimal solutions. And electrification and decarbonization of electricity are commonly required in all scenarios of carbon neutrality. While cost of electricity increase, electricity of 100 renewables further increase the cost, thus suppress the electrification of final demand in optimal solution. And hydrogen and dry emission steam fuels are used in non-electric demand sectors and negative emission technology are used to offset the emission from the hard to abate sectors to realize the carbon reality. And direct air capture of that is capture of CO2 in the air is commonly used in all scenarios to realize carbon neutrality. 
and scale of the use of converted carbon dioxide is limited. Mostly storage is used. And the super smart society promotes circular and sharing economies. That is leading to the very negative cost reduction of carbon dioxide. It is very important, I think. The last slide I like to skip for the time's sake. So thank you for your attention. Thank you, Dr. Yamaji. Thank you for giving us such rich detail uh, on Japan's plans to meet these really challenging targets. Um, so now for this portion of the, the program, we'll have some, some dialogue with our speakers, and I'll also keep an eye out for questions from the audience. Um, yeah, so for both Korea and Japan, um, from your presentations, it's really striking um, because both countries rely on fossil fuels for over 85%. Uh, of their energy at present. So we are looking at dramatic changes. And we, we see, because oil is a dominant uh, energy supply, we see these efforts to substitute for oil, right? Looking at hydrogen, looking at ammonia, looking at electrification of transportation. Um, but as we electrify, right, then we need to make that electricity more renewable. Um, I think it's also striking both Korea and Japan have such important uh, manufacturing sectors. And I really appreciate uh, that both of you highlighted, you know, our number one strategy is to first reduce demand so that these alternative energy sources can be sufficient. Um, so I, I'd like to put out the first question and, and then turn to, turn to the audience. Um, so again, considering that our first strategy is to reduce demand, um, so that the constraints on energy supply can, can be honored. Could you each just give us, talk a little bit more about one example of a important demand side strategy that you see some progress happening? Um, some sort of res resource conservation or restructuring or even cultural shifts in consumption. Um, could we start with Dr. Kim and then hear from Dr. Yamaji? Yes. Um, thank you, Stephanie, for a fantastic question. Um, I think it's um, when we talk about the carbon neutrality and uh, the uh, NDCs, we usually focus on supply side. So I think it's, it's really... Um, um, the, I think good to touch on demand side to to balance the conversation. Well, the, as you know, that the from Korea's uh, Korea's perspective, um, the control or constraint the demand side is is not from just one policy. There are several policies to uh, constrain the demand, and we just started. And we don't have a long history of the, of the demand control, but we 
we, we just started to, uh, uh, to focus on the demand by introducing demand response. You, uh, the promise, uh, like, you know, the, the power uh, controller, our power suppliers are, are, are sort of promising with uh, the power consumers in advance so that uh, they can sort of uh, cut the peak. Um, and, and we have implemented demand response and, and we will expand that demand, exp- demand response um, to, um, more. And second uh, policy that we, we are also considering is, is uh, um, the revisit the, 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 the rationality of the, the electricity price. So price controls a lot. So it's it's really, it's really uh, it's not easy for policymakers to raise the price all of a sudden, but uh, it's very complicated um, um, the mechanism. But but we are also we we all agree that without just price control, it's it's really hard to constrain the demand. So we know it, and so we are uh, looking at it. And third, uh, we also considering the. Like uh, the uh, the the virtual uh, the power supply, virtual power plant. So uh, we not not only just just building up the real power plant, you you saving the money. Uh, it's it's similar to demand response, but you're saving um, the 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 energy and electricity. Then uh, then you can actually sell those saved amount of electricity to the to to the power market. And lastly, we also considering the the recycling the resource materials, so that we can reduce the new consumption of the energy. I mean, those are the the, the policy options that we are considering right now. So it's all together. Uh, I think those are, are the the options that we we uh, can achieve the the demand constraint. Great, thank you so much. Good good to hear about the many many options from. Pricing changes, um, selling megawatts, uh, the virtual power plant, um, and more. All right, let's hear from Dr. Yamaji about those demand-side strategies, and then we'll get another question. Okay, thank you very much. And the demand side is very important. So now we are changing stage from... uh, from now, we simply reduce the energy demand. But from from now, we need some demand flexibility to adjust the variable renewable energy power production of such kind, or promoting electrification. Because of the cost of electricity going down, hopefully, then just not just to save the electricity is not a good idea, but to import more uh, how to say, uh, carbon-free electricity introduction, promote carbon-free uh, electricity introduction, as Dr. Kim said. And for the long term, it is more important demand side. As uh, I briefly mentioned uh, by introducing the scenario analysis of, done by light. So demand transformation is a very promising idea. So by digital transformation of the society, we can promote new economies like a circular economy or sharing economies. We can reduce energy demand. Also, we can reduce the material demand. 
by sharing cars. We don't need so many cars like now. We can share the cars. So such a very good idea just promote by green by digitalization. Of course, on the basis of that, we need the green of digitalization. So that is my short answer to your question. All right. Thank you so much. Um, we are getting close to the end of our program, so we have time just for one more question. Um, there are many good ones in the chat about nuclear waste, um, about global trade. Um, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to pick up on this idea of um, what a really rethinking economic structure and really thinking about a circular economy, uh, meaning we have to live within the means of the planet. Um, so with that in mind, um, let's well let's take this audience question about perhaps some of the effects on global trade in getting to carbon neutrality. Um, I know you focused on what each country is doing, but in terms of you know, revamping your industrial sector as your manufacturing and the effects of global trade is, could you mention something uh, in your each country's strategies? Dr. Kim? Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that audience uh, um, picked uh, the critical point of trade, sort of uh, the linkage between um, carbon content and trade. I think that this year is uh, the first year that international society uh, has faced uh, actual signal uh, of po the link, the possible linkage between the carbon contents and 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 uh, and the trade, um, if you like. Uh, for example, EU, uh, European Union, um, the, this year, July 14th, they announced the the, the draft of uh, draft of CBAM, which is you know the the, the cross border um, adjustment mechanism uh, by by carbon contents. If you just um, if 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 Korean or Japanese steelmaker want to export the steel to European Union, then, um, and, and if, if the Korean and Japanese steel producers um, emit, uh, producers still contains more carbon than European producers, then we, we will be, uh, pay some price according to um, European emission trading schemes, the, the carbon price. Which is skyrocketing recently, up to 80, 80 euro with ninety euro per year um, per per ton. And also, the not only the the EU itself. Um, at the end of November, the EU and US agreed upon uh, the lift off of all uh, the the trade sanction on aluminum and steel, with just one exception. They will. Uh, they decided to. 
uh, impose, consider, uh, decided to consider the impose of uh, the, the carbon border adjustment for the steel and aluminum, although they lift all the, all the, all the, 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 um, the trade sanctions related to the, the steel and aluminum. It means that now the world is toward, um, the, the, not now the, the international society is, is, is toward the pricing, the carbon um, across the border. So from the Korean and, and Japanese perspective, we are wearing that. And uh, now we are um, also considering that factor into our domestic policies. So this is the first year that we are considering that new movement and, and we will try to incorporate that movement into our domestic emission trading policy and, and our domestic um, the anti-dumping uh, the policies and our the trade policies, etc. So this is first year that we recognize and, and try to reflect that into our domestic policies. Thank you. That's a really significant, uh, significant move internationally. Dr. Yamaji. Oh, thank you. And the trade is very important. So every country and region has comparative advantage. So just to exchange comparative the products or service that was made by using comparative advantage. So that is the basis of the benefit of trade. So that means open, not close, that's the basis. And uh, in case of the climate change issues, I touch upon a bit uh, different perspectives. In uh, this last uh, COP26, we have finalized the rule book of Paris Accord. Uh, that is the last piece is uh, Article 6. It's uh, using uh, market mechanism. So the ex we can exchange credit of the carbon dioxide emissions. So it is important. Of course, the rule is very important just to avoid the double counting, such kind of thing, very important. But a uh, trade of credit it's important among countries, among regions, or even in the same countries, we can exchange, as Dr. Kim mentioned, in the, each company, different company can exchange credit. It is important. It is also important internationally, I think. That's. Thank you very much. Well, already we have reached the end of our program, so I just want to close um, by thanking our speakers, Dr. Sunwoo Kim of the Environment and Energy Research Institute of Kim and Chang, and Dr. Kenji Yamaji of the Research Institute of Innovative Technology for the Earth. Um, we also thank the Consulate General of the Republic of Korea in San Francisco, as well as our audience for being with us today and your questions, even though we couldn't get to all of them and also for everyone watching the recording. Um, soon this program and others from the Commonwealth Club uh, will be made available on the club's website. Um, I want to wish both of our speakers and Korea and Japan every success in your innovation and your developing the technologies that can help even the larger emitters um, race toward our common goal 
of protecting the planet, um, our common goal of carbon neutrality. And now this meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California, commemorating its 118th year of enlightened discussion is adjourned. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support. Thank you.